Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new edition of the final podcast. That's right, with a preview show. Charlie O'Connor Clark, Christian Jack. And uh, boy, oh boy, we've made it. We're into December. We have one more game left in this terrific 2021 Canadian Premier League season. Uh, Charlie, good evening. How are you? You ready for it on Sunday? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. It's uh, It's been a long season. You got a haircut, ready. You got a haircut ready for the moment as I well. I did. I did. Exactly. I knew I'd be on camera. So You look good, man. <laughs> look good. I'm excited, though. It's, you know, it's been a, I mean, I, I feel like it's been a long season. It hasn't really. We started in, what, yeah. end yeah. of June. But it's 163 yeah, days, I think. Yeah, yeah. which is, is short, but it's been a long road especially after, you know, a pandemic and not having real seasons. But, you know, it, it feels good. It feels good to be talking about a final now. It certainly does. And it feels right, you know. For me, I think it feels right. It feels in the right place, uh, hosted by the right team. Obviously, that goes hand in hand. And then the contenders from the West, here they yeah. come, Pacific. It just feels right. I mean, I know Cavalry had a good year as well, and they were close to getting it. But this is different. It feels like Cavalry Forge wouldn't have been fresh but this would this is fresh on a 2023 you know 2021 season it is fresh new haircut fresh new final right Charlie <laughs> it is yeah I mean Forge have been in every final and there's been a different opponent every time uh third time's the charm maybe for the challenger I don't know mm-hmm. I guess we'll see uh but it is it does feel right you know Pacific have had a pretty incredible season I know that they didn't quite get that that first place spot, didn't get those home playoff games that they wanted because the last month and a half, maybe of the season, not quite the results they were looking for, but they were at, easily in the top three, probably the second best team, if not the best team in the league at many stretches this season. So it uh, it does feel right. These teams have had great years. So here's how the show is going to look. In about 10 minutes or so, we're going to get, uh, I was going to say one of the best centre-backs in the league, but we can say that about both of our guests tonight. So we're going to get two <laughs> centre-backs, that's right, two centre-back partnership. And you'd argue if you put together your best 11 of the season, these two might be sitting right in the middle of your defence. Uh, they're coming on the, the show together. We're going to have Daniel Crutzen on from Forge in about 10 minutes. And at the bottom of the hour at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, we're going to have Lucas McNaughton on. And in the meantime, we're going to preview the show. I preview the final here on the show. So please get your questions in now. And later in the show, special guest Adam Jenkins is going to drop by, who announced today he will be calling the final. And... Uh, I'm so happy for Adam. You know, he deserves it. He, he really deserves it. Uh, all, everybody else, you know, Gareth, Ian Hume, and, and uh, Ollie Platt, they'll all be there on location from One Soccer. But I'm really happy for Adam. He's had a great season, and uh, we'll chat with him to preview the final. Uh, it's important field as well. Uh, so please get your questions in on the side. Uh, I know we're live on Facebook as well as Twitter and YouTube as well. Uh, Stevie B asks, which player from each team is key to victory at the weekend, but not Becker? That's too obvious. <laughs> so not allowed to say Becker. Okay. Uh, Charlie, you got a couple Fair of players enough. for us, and I'll, and I'll get to a couple as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of places on the pitch where this match is going to be won or lost. Um, I mean, Taryn Campbell for Pacific springs yeah. to mind. He's been a difference maker for them all year. He was in right. a semifinal for them, scoring that goal. You know, it'll it'll be in many ways up to him and the rest of that attack to see if they can break down this Forge defense. And, you know, on the other side of that same coin, you know, Forge's, Forge's defenders, Dom Samuel is usually the guy that is the one who stays back and has to hold the line and has to stay organized. And he's going to be an interesting one to think about. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure there's, there's other guys that Forge is attacking in that I think. Yeah, I mean, Omar Brownie, you know, I mean, Omar Brownie, what a season he's had, you know, this is a player that wasn't even part of the roster for 
what, four months? And we heard he was coming. And then, you know, Bobby, every week we were asking Bobby on press conferences, uh, any update on Omar Brownie? Well, we're trying to get our paperwork over the line. And uh, as soon as he arrived, he arrived in style. You know, this is a guy who's yeah. just added a different dimension to the team. I think, you know, when you look at how much depth Forge have got, and you've got Schwanier, and you've got Nanko, and you can run out Welshman, and you've got Babouli, and you've got Paseas, and then you've got Brownie, and only three of them can play, and maybe two if you play Borges in there as well. Uh, but only three of the six are going to play at, from the start. But I think he's going to start. I think you have to start Omar Brownie because the way yeah. that he's played, he's on a different level the last few weeks. His close control is exceptional. The way he opens his body up and plays balls quickly into the number nine and can get him get on beyond. And by the way, he scored against the team Pacific 10 minutes before the game, before the end in the only game at Tim Hortons Field he this did. season between these two teams. He was a difference maker. So I think someone like him for sure. And of course, Manny Aparicio, who was uh, man of the match in the semifinal for Pacific in, on that cold afternoon in Calgary. A um, little bit of a spoiler. I'm going to release something tomorrow, video tactics that I did at One Soccer on Manny Aparicio and Terran Campbell's role and how they won that semifinal in Calgary. And it just has kind of, just kind of to show you, I think Aparicio's energy in midfield is going to be key. And Charlie, this Forge team doesn't lose midfield battles. So how do Not you go often, after no. them and win that? Not often at all, right? So when you've got Becker in there, you know, as Stevie said, sometimes Cissé will play there. We'll probably expect him to play right back, depending on, on Grant's availability. Ashnoni Janssen's been a star this season. You know, Borges has been playing as a 10. It's going to be tough for Aparicio to get the time and space. And they're probably going to be comfortable out of possession more than they need to be sometimes. Um, but, you know, he, he's going to be a big player for this team as well. Yeah, he absolutely is. And he's the kind of player that they brought in for those kinds of moments, right? He's a slightly more experienced player than some of their younger core. You know, he's seen a lot of Forge having played for York for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and he's he's very familiar with not liking them and, and wanting to beat them quite badly. Right. So... And, and, you know, on several occasions beating them. But, uh, you know, I, I think he will be a very important part of this of this lineup. Uh, and he's a very creative player. Him going up against Becker will be a lot of fun to watch because both of those kind of creative middle players, it depends on where Aparicio goes. Sometimes he drifts a little bit further to the wing. But, you know, he's a very talented player. And on a set piece as well, yep. you do not want to be giving up any of those opportunities to either team. No, no doubt. Set pieces are crucial, aren't they, in finals? You know, you'll see yeah, it. You know? By the way, they, they almost got the winner in the 93rd minute in Calgary. Aparicio ball in, Campbell, free header, just yeah. over the bar, and they survived and went to extra time. Of course, Calgary scored, Cavalry scored their goal in Calgary from a set piece, corner in, Karifa Yao from Ben Fisk, and uh, the equalized set piece is crucial, um, as we've seen so often. And of course, Forge also got a goal from a set piece in the semi final when yep. Becker's ball went in from the corner as well. Uh, get your questions in as usual uh, on the side. Jeffrey, our friend, uh, comments first on Charlie's haircut, um, but has a better question. And he says, thoughts on the rumor of Palmer Ducar being on the shortlist for FC Dallas? This was released by ESPN Insider and uh, extraordinaire Jeff Carlisle today, saying that Palmer Ducar was on the shortlist for the FC Dallas gig in Major League Soccer. This should surprise nobody. Uh, I don't know if it's public or not. I'm pretty sure it is, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Palmer Ducar was very... He was also talking to Seattle, maybe again about the assistant job earlier this season as well. He's got a lot of friends in, in Major League Soccer. He's an outstanding coach. He ticks a lot of boxes as a player for me who's played in the league as a brilliant leader. And um, I think the most important thing that we should say here, Charlie, is that people are paying attention. 
to the Canadian yeah. Premier League. That is key here. Uh, I think Paul would tell you that right now he was not ready for those jobs. He needs to get through a full season here. This has been his first full season. Of course, last season was a pandemic tournament. Um, but you no, know, much like a lot of star players in our league, they are here for a short while and to make a big difference before moving on. And we wish them well when they do, right? Absolutely. I mean, for the record, if a CPL coach does one day get a job in a, in a league like MLS or somewhere else, that's a good thing. Right. For, for the league. Uh, but in, in Pa's case, absolutely. I mean, the project isn't finished at Pacific. Nope. Uh, I mean, they obviously want to win a trophy this weekend, but you know, they have, they're building something and that's something that they always talk about. Like from day one, from Pa getting there, it's been establishing a culture, building an identity and just making a club that means something to Vancouver Island, to the players themselves, to the province. And I think that's kind of, what goes in his favor so much because Pa is this guy who comes into these or has come into this particular club and kind of made it his own. Like he's become in some ways the face of the club, right? Because it's, it's his group. The vibe is completely, completely set by him and it's been pretty successful since he's been there. And, you know, obviously it's good to see that, you know, obviously Pamaduka comes from a bit of an MLS background, obviously played in MLS for a while, coached with the Whitecaps for a good bit. And he comes to the CPL and he doesn't fall off their radar, right? Which is important because he's come to the CPL. He's taken over as a head coach. And clearly there are eyes on him. There are eyes on coaches in this league, on the league's players as well. And I think that's also good news. Eyes on the league, no doubt. Uh, for those of you who have watched my Beyond the Pitch this week with Bobby Smeniotis, a little slide in there. Uh, we didn't get too much into it because obviously you could imagine Bobby not wanting to address it. But CF Montreal talked to Bobby Smeniotis last year. And let me just say, a lot more than just a conversation happened between the two of them, um, which follows up from Mike Newell's question, how long does Bobby stay in the league? Uh, well, I think right now he is where he wants to be, but are people looking at him? Yes. And um, when addressed with that this week, if you can go on and watch Beyond the Pitch with, with me this week in a fascinating conversation with Bobby, he will say, you know, you always, you know, there's always another level, right? There's always another level. And nobody will talk highly about this league than him, more highly than him. He loves the yeah. Canadian Premier League and the standards that he's setting. And we should say they are, again, setting the standard again last night, Charlie. You were on it. You yeah. wrote about it. Go check out Charlie's great piece on campl.ca today. The analysis, Benedict Rhodes wrote the match report. Uh, Marty was all over the quotes. You guys talked to Kyle Becker and you talked to Bobby Smirniotis after the game. It was, again, another example of no matter what you throw at this team, injuries, suspensions, setbacks, here they go again, performing at a high level. And they did it again in front of a hostile crowd. A great a great night. And again, that's Bobby's leadership, isn't it? It, it is. It is. It always, always comes back to Bobby. And again, what he's set in place for this club, the basic foundations of this team, they're, they've got an identity. They've got a way that they play. And they never, ever really change that. Right. And I think we've, we've spoken about it so many times with the, when, the times that they've gone down to CONCACAF. You know, they haven't played in an atmosphere like they did down in Honduras last night. But you know, again, they right, they were up for it. They're up for it. I think they really loved it. Uh, and it still, it, it all comes down to Bobby. And it doesn't necessarily come down to, it's not Bobby coming in the dressing room before the game and, and firing everybody up and no. getting them ready in that way. It comes down to the long pick, the long game, right? It's the big picture, things that he set in place from the beginning of, the 2019 season and has made sure that they keep standards and certain things going through this whole, this whole project. And I think that's 
the key or has been the key with Forge, even from most of these players who've known Bobby since their days in Sigma or whatnot. There are there are things about a Bobby Smyrniota's team that never really change. Yeah. Right? And I think that's probably a huge part of the reason that this club's been so successful and so impressive. Yeah, they've got that continuity. I spoke to Kwame Awua for a piece that's coming out this week. I think it comes out tomorrow, actually, and, and please check that out. And I asked Kwame what's the best thing about Bobby, and he said there's so many things, but he just, he just loves he loves how Bobby knows everything about football. Yeah, <laughs> everything. He says it doesn't matter whether I ask him about a team in Europe or what he's watching or the salary cap in our league or how everything operates. He knows everything. Um, we're going to get to Daniel Crutzen soon. A question upon Forge. Uh, JJB just firing a, a, a softball down the middle for me to hammer <laughs> this one out the park. This is my kind of talk. JJB, <laughs> JJB asks, is any player in the league more versatile than Elamani Cisse? In three years, he's played up front, wide midfield, right back and center back. Anybody who listens to our podcast every week or reads my pieces or listens to anything, anytime I want to wax lyrical about Forge, uh, will just learn so much about how much I love this man. This is this guy does everything in the league, and uh, I don't know if he's going to get a Player of the Year nominee, uh, but he'll be right at the top of the list for me this year. Uh, so, Charlie, I think I've said enough about CC and his unbelievable play for this team. What do you think? What about you? What do yeah, you think of him? He's he's a pretty incredible player, and I think we started to see a little bit of it last year at the Island Games when I think in an eleven game stretch he played in maybe four or five different positions. And I think even at the time we asked Bobby about it, and he said, "Yeah, uh, next game he's going to start in goal." because he is he really is a player who just has the work rate and the intelligence as an overall footballer that he can really play anywhere in a system yeah you know whether he's in midfield getting on the ball or whether he's you know playing right back as he has a whole lot of things recently and every time still we ask bobby about him specifically and he just kind of grins and laughs and says he's a pretty good right back isn't he you didn't know that Mm. and uh it's true so it's just a very very impressive player to watch and just the work rate that he has really anywhere on the pitch to either play the ball forward or to win it back is a pretty important part of this forge team. Yeah. A remarkably cerebral player, the way he reads the game at this level and, and can also go through the gears as well and, and really raise the tempo uh, with this team, the way that they do it consistently is an absolute joy to watch. Um, so yeah, really, really every credit for Cissé and, and, and looking forward to, to watching him and playing and, and seeing him in the final is, is absolutely fantastic. I think we have our guest here, so we'll bring him in and uh, we'll get talking about Forge, which is a perfect time to talk about him. Um, here he is, uh, arguably the finest centre-back in all of our league, uh, Mr. Daniel Crutzen. Daniel, good evening, Christian and Charlie, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, doing great, thanks. Great to see you, I hope things are well. I know it's been a big year for you guys, I think we'll start there. Uh, game number 40 uh, in 162 days or something ridiculous like that. And you've, yeah, made, very crazy. And you've made a final. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's this journey been like in 2021? And, uh, and I would imagine just playing so many games so often, it's just been a massive, no, for the camaraderie and just gathering that group together again. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride for sure, you know, from the beginning on. It's, uh, I can remember in the start, we didn't really know when – when things were going to kick off and uh, and where we were going to play and in the bubble and there was no time for preparation and all that stuff. So I believe there was two weeks before the bubble, we got the news that we were uh, going to play eight games in I don't know how many days. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was a wild start. And then of course the games uh, just kept coming and coming. So it's like, yeah, not really a lot of time to think in between games. And uh, I think we were up for the challenge and I think we've shown that this whole season that 
these past 39, 40 games, yeah, you just no time to think. You just keep going. And it has been go, 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 especially for you guys who have played obviously more guilt, more games than any other team in the league, but you still keep winning, right? I mean, you, you finish the season at the top of the table. Just, I don't, I don't really know what it is. Like, what do you think it is about you guys that has just made you so capable of getting through all of these games and just to stay so consistent? I think there's just a, a huge motivation in this team to, to keep doing better and better every year. You know, we, we, we talk about it in the locker room quite often. It's it's doing better every single year. And I think we've done that for the past three years of raising the bar a little bit every single year and advancing to to more rounds and more tournaments and then just, you know, keep playing, keep playing those games and keep winning. And um, yeah, we just have so much motiva- motivation in this whole team. And we, like I said, we talked about, we talk about it so much and it's very important for this team to to keep doing that year in and year out. Daniel, your team has raised the bar significantly of standard of quality in this league. But overall, as someone who's been here since day one, what's it been like this year? And I know the games have come thick and fast, so you could even say some teams haven't been at their best for every game. But have you seen a noticeable difference in quality this year compared to two years ago in the league? In the league, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was talking about this with my parents, too. And, and my dad was saying how the league in general has gotten a lot better and and. Um, even the depth in, in our team was very important this year because of all those games, you know, because um, if we had, if we had, I don't know, maybe a roster with, with less players, then it's harder to rotate and harder to bring in that quality, no matter the position. Um, but I think that's also been huge for us this year uh, is the depth in our roster. And like you guys have talked about the, yeah, just the, the rotation between players that was important for us this year. And then, it's important to keep up with that with that quality in the league that just keeps getting better every year. Daniel, as we kind of have touched on here, you're one of the guys that has been with this club since pretty much the beginning. I mean, I to be fair, most of you guys have. It's been yeah, very consistent yeah. over over these three years. But something I'm interested in is for you, obviously, as an international player coming in, there were a lot of guys in this group that have grown up in the Sigma Academy or knew Bobby for a long time. What was it like for you kind of coming in at the beginning to this whole setup and just seeing the success with all of these guys. Like what has this process been like for you specifically coming into this? Right. No, I remember in the the first week that I was here, it was everybody was kind of friends with each other. You know, everybody knew each other. And I was like, um, I don't really know that many people. Um, so that was kind of funny in the beginning. But, you know, after you you after you're a part of a of this team for for two, three weeks, it's just like you've you've never been anywhere else. You know, it's just such a tight group of guys and everybody everybody can um can talk to each other and and handle each other so it's like it's easy to become a part of this team um especially because they're they're also welcoming you know and i think that's been a huge part of of sigma in the in the in the past years and even decades you know it's it's the culture that's in this team that's um that makes it possible for other guys to come in and just be a part of it immediately our guest is Daniel Crutzen from Forge as we get set to preview the final on Sunday in Tim Hortons Field. I got a two-part question for you, Daniel. First of all, obviously born in the Netherlands and grew up in Belgium. When we write about you, because I know people have asked me this question before, are you Dutch <laughs> or are you Belgian? Or, or, or is it neither wrong answer? Which, which one is it? No, it's technically I'm Dutch because I was born in the Netherlands, like you said, so I have right. a, a Dutch passport. Right. Um, but then the tricky part is that I never actually lived in the Netherlands. So I grew up in Belgium my whole life. Okay. Um, so, you... so it's kind of like, it's kind of a tricky question, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you, it's 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 so close, right? It's right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. Uh, the yeah. second part of the question is talk about passports. Uh, how far are you away from getting a Canadian one? Because I want you to go to Canada. <laughs> um, I'm pretty close, to be honest. Um, really? So yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've applied for uh, the PR. I'm okay. still waiting on uh, on the approval, so that's uh, that's definitely in the works. Yeah. All right, so we need to contact Canadian Soccer Association to speed that up because I think John Hurd, yeah. pay attention, please. You, you can get, let's get this guy as a left-sided centre back in the in the Canadian national team. That's what I reckon, Charlie. Maybe, maybe who knows? <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, following up on that, so what about Canada? Is it that you love? Obviously, you made a big decision to come here to play for them in 2019, and I know the football's kept you busy and you've been lifting trophies and succeeding as well. But what else away from the pitch do you love about living in this country? uh everything off the field you know i um i lived in hamilton in my first and second year um and then lived with teammates obviously and it's just uh the way of life the people here are nice um it's just overall a very very nice area to live in and then as of um as of this season i um i met my girlfriend over the summer so um we live together now in uh, downtown toronto so obviously living in a in a big city like this is um is very attractive and um yeah, it's just I love everything about it. You know, it's the it's the big city, it's the whole country, it's the people, it's uh, the way that you guys do things here. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I find it very very nice to to be living in this country. Yeah, as someone who also lives in Toronto, I it's fun, <laughs> it's a good right. place to live. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even from a from a footballing perspective, Daniel, you seem to have found a home. You know, at at Forge in a CPL. Just how I mean, I mean obviously how happy are you here at this club and just as a as a player i mean you're still only 25 just how much ambition do you have of of whether it's being here or or, or moving up a level just as a player just how, how are you feeling about all that um feel pretty good you know um the thing is i've i've definitely been ambitious from the first day i got here um and i think the the abilities are there and i think people know that but at the same time, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to to have played here for Forge and still play for them and um, to keep that going. You know, I think, like I said before, we've we've won trophies before in the past two seasons and we try to do that again this year. And like I said, we want to raise that bar every single year. And yeah, it's just great to be to be a part of that and be, be an important part of that. And just to, to see not only the club, but also the league just grow in this country. And it's just, yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing ride for the past three years and very exciting to, uh, to see what's next. Daniel, you get a front row ticket to watching your midfield every game. Uh, what's that like uh, with obviously Janssen and Cissé and Becker, and then maybe speak individually about Kyle because he's the leader of your team. He's the captain. Um, sometimes we see him operating as a number six when players go off and he's just everything in front of him. Then he can go as an eight. Then he goes further up and presses. Uh, how impressive is it to watch this midfield? It's a, uh, it's a joy to watch, you know, um, sometimes it makes my job a lot easier too, um, playing from the back, but, um, but yeah, it's just the, the quality in, in every single player that's in that midfield. Um, Alex is a very, uh, very important part of this team. I think he's very underrated um i think he's not the not the flashy player that will score all the all the all the goals for us but he does so much important stuff and um it's yeah like i said it makes my job and our job in the back line a bit easier um but then obviously the the whole midfield there's so much quality and especially with 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 someone like kyle who's a who's a leader who who gets us going uh, before the games during the games and yeah it's just just uh, the the trust that you that you have and in, uh, in him um 
and just in the in the players in general. It, it's also a part like it's important for us because we've been together for three years now. So it's it's easier to to play together. Um, you know what you have um, from each other, if that makes sense. Um, you know how to how to play with each other. You get to know the tendencies of everyone. So I think that's also been very important for this whole team that that we've stayed together for so long, and it only makes it easier uh, for the whole team. Alex doesn't maybe doesn't score a lot of goals, but he has scored important ones before. He scored right. the uh, the the winning goal in the final last year. But you know, Daniel, speaking of the midfield, I mean, you yourself played in that midfield a lot, especially in the 2019 season, right? Uh, if I'm if I'm remembering right, first Just, half at York as well this year, and and you've yeah. done it a couple yeah. times this year as well. Yeah. But I think I think since then you've kind of become you became very entrenched in Forge's backline as as a center back, a central defender. What like maybe is the process here? Have you always seen yourself as more of a defender, or was there kind of a moment at Forge where Bobby's kind of like, "Hey, I need you to be one of my center backs for me." What has the maybe the process been like? Uh, well, when I was a uh, when I was back in Belgium as a youth player, I would always play center back, and then um, as I grew up. As I played for the U19 and the reserves, I think physically I wasn't as uh, as big of a guy, so they moved me out to the left back. Um, and then I think I remember coming to Forge. Um, I started playing as a left back my first uh, my first game um, at home against Pacific. I played as a left back, and then um, our assistant coach back then, uh, Peter uh, Peter Randers, he was my youth coach back in Belgium, so he remembered me as the center back, and I think that's where he saw um all of my qualities displayed the best um so i think he had an influence on probably getting me into that back line into the center of it and um yeah that's basically how how it started out um i remember the first half in the first season in 2019 i i switched between center back and left back quite a lot and then towards the the end of the half of the season obviously with with david edgar uh, on the right side and me on the left side i think we had a we had a good partnership going i think that's how uh, that's how it basically started and stayed in the in the center back role mainly a couple more questions and we'll let you go and again thanks so much for your time and a busy week for you guys um what's it like when you win a trophy with the group of players that you're with so for so long when in 20 i know 2020 was a little bit shorter but as a footballer and the Charlie and I are not going to do this. So tell us in the mind of what it's like as a winner when you know you get over that line and you spent months and months with a group. And in the end, you look at each other and you spray the champagne and you'll be champions forever. What's that like as a feeling? And is that something that is is a massive motivator for you guys on Sunday? Yeah, of course. I mean, we've we've done it in the past two years and you don't forget that feeling, you know, after having such a long season with, um, yeah, with so much effort put in from the whole group. And then it just feels like a, yeah, like like a joy, you know. It's it feels amazing when you when you're able to lift that trophy after after a long and hard season. So it's it's definitely the motivation. But I think it's also yeah, it's in, it's embedded in our culture now. You know, we 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 obviously love uh, love winning those trophies, having those trophies in the locker room. They're on display. So whenever you walk into the locker room, you see those two, and you're like, let's just add a third one to it. You know, that's the that's basically the the thought that we have going on in our minds all the time. Just one last one for me. I think I ask every Forge player this, but do you guys have a perspective or an idea of, you know, just what you guys have accomplished over these three years? You haven't won the third championship yet, but if you do, that's a three-peat, and that's pretty rare in professional sports. I, I mean, you've done what you have in CONCACAF League. You've beaten teams with, you know, 100-year histories as a two-, three-year-old club. Do you guys 
ever talk about or think about just how far you've come in literally only three years of existing? Yeah, no, to be honest, not really. Like in the group, it doesn't uh, it doesn't play as much. It's more like a, we take it game by game and we just uh, we just try and win as much as we can. So that's uh, that's basically what we talk about as a group. But obviously, you know, um, you hear in the in the press and whatever that um, that what we're doing is uh, is amazing for the for the club and for the country. So and you start to, to think about it sometimes and it's like, yeah, we've we've done quite a lot in the in the past three years that this club's been in existence. And obviously it's uh, it's something to be proud of um, all of us that what we've done. Last one for you before we let you go. Uh, Bobby Smirniotis, what's he like? What's it? What's the be- favorite part of working under Bobby? Um, that he's uh, so prepared for everything. I mean, it's um, it's amazing how much he how much he knows about the game and how versatile we um, how he, how versatile he makes us as a team. Um, it's like you guys said. Whenever there's injury suspensions, there's always a way. There's always a way to to correct that or to to improve to adapt uh, to what we have to do and the the scouting of the opponent is always uh very important that we we always have a style of play but then um, we always like to adjust three to four little things based on uh, how the opponent plays and he has a very good insight of that and um that's that's i think what makes him so strong as a coach and uh yeah we uh, it's amazing to to have worked with him for the past uh, the past three seasons and Obviously, he means a lot to uh, Canadian soccer as well. Yeah, he certainly does. It's a thrill for us to watch him, what he does, to and get out the best out of players like yourself. Uh, our league is better for having players like you in it, so we thank you for it again, and we thank you for the time this uh, this evening as well, Daniel. All the best on Sunday. It's going to be a special day. Thanks again. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Our pleasure. Daniel Crutzen of Forge, um, one of the best centre-backs in the league, we'll say, and leave it at that. And uh, a player that is, uh, hey, could be playing for Canada. We got it out of him, Charlie. Why not? Let's start the campaign Maybe right now. one day. One day. Why not? He's uh, he's uh, he's good enough to go on a, a quite a, a, a farther path than, than where he is right now one day as well. He's an exceptional leader of the defence, reads the game really well as well. Uh, so great to have him. That's one centre-back. Let's bring another centre-back into the show immediately. Our Center back partnerships is complete, and here he is, <laughs> Lucas McNaughton of Pacific FC. Uh, as I said off the top of the show, Lucas, if we were put together the best 11 of the year, the best two center backs in the league would probably be Daniel Crutzen and Lucas McNaughton. We got you on as a partnership, Lucas. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you guys? I was, I was hoping to speak to Danny actually, but hey, oh, sorry about that. Well, <laughs> we could have brought you in, and you guys could have <laughs> been still in there, could have talked about it if he's still in there, throw him back in if he wants. But uh, uh, listen, um. You're in a final, my friend, and you didn't get to play in the semifinal. I saw you out there in Calgary, and in, uh, how, let's start there. How tough was that as a, being a suspended player, watching your team in a, in a, in a game like that? And then uh, what was that feeling like when you're out on the pitch knowing that they've done it and you can play in a final? I think for me, the toughest thing for me was just the way that, that we got into that, that I got into that situation, the way that I, I felt I wasn't able to play. It's It's a little bit different when you're injured or when you've done something outrageous and you're suffering the consequences but I felt like I was unjustly not part of that game and and playing every game with the team and being part of that team for the whole season you just feel like you've been pulled away from it um but to be there was just great atmosphere it was great to be in the hotel with the boys before the match um and then to have to suffer in the cold with those (laughs) nerves uh just made it going on the pitch after that much better yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were pretty uh, 
pretty pumped to be able to run around on the pitch after the game because it was it did look pretty cold. I wasn't there, but I know you two. He were. was running around, all right. <laughs> I was running after him to get an interview. So yeah, <laughs> he was pretty pumped. You caught him in the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Lucas, it's been a hell of a season for you guys at Pacific, right? I, it feels we were saying at the top of the show here. It feels right for these two teams to be meeting in the final. Just it does it feel the same way to you guys to that you know you're you're not there yet. You've still got the game to play, but it feels like you guys have been at least to this point rewarded for a really good season. It does. I does. Um, I think we, the way that the season ended for us in terms of the regular season and us being in third place, we, we were quite disappointed about it because that's not where we felt we deserved to be. And at a, at a time we were playing unbelievable football. Um, and, and we thought that there's no way any team can beat us. Um, but then we took a little dip in the season that happens to everybody, but we, we really feel like we've, we've played great football. We have the capacity to play great football. We have a lot of talented players and we have the desire to be at the top. And I think every day that we train, we come in with expectations to be the best. Um, and if it's not the best, then, then there is frustrations that come out of training and we're always hard on each other. So yeah. Being in the final is something that we looked forward to. It was one of the ambitions we had at the beginning of the season. And, and that we're here feels right. Now we want to win it, of course. We'll get into the final a little bit more in a minute. But we're always forever getting new fans on this show. New fans into the league. Fans watching their first Canadian Premier League game on Sunday, no doubt, with the final. We, you know, Part of that time is telling personalities and getting to know you a little bit more, Lucas. Maybe you can just give our viewers a little bit of background on you because you've got a fascinating story as well. I know we talked to Danny before about the Belgian connection. You've got that a little bit going to Europe. Maybe you can just let us, born in the US, obviously gone to Europe, played in Canada. Just give us a little bit of, of your background that brought you to the Canadian Premier League. Mine's a little bit of a funny one, but I, I guess that's kind of what the CPL is for, what this whole league is for, for guys that um, weren't on that Highway 1 straight to the top. Um, I was born in the States, grew up there till I was about eight, and then I moved to Belgium, um, grew up there, moved to Canada for university, Went to UFT, did my uh, four or five years. And then when this league came in, ended up uh, out in the West Coast. Yeah, you were at UFT for a few years, played in League One Ontario for a couple of years. You know, the uh, the final's pretty close by in Hamilton. Do you have any any friends coming to the game on Sunday? I do, I do, I do. The, the Canadian, that's one of the things with Canada also in football world is it's quite small. So, yeah you have or i have played against a lot of the guys on forge in the past um yeah. a lot of friends we have common friends with a lot of guys on their team uh a lot of guys that i went to school with live in toronto so they'll be coming out so there'll be a big uh pacific contingent out in hamilton sounds good what is it about this team lucas and i'm sure you prepared for it so you're not going to give us all the secrets but what is it about forge um that you need to do to beat them like when you played against them in the past you've been close obviously i think about the game at tim hortons field where you really had your chances to win that game and then they scored 10 minutes for the end and you got nothing which i think was probably unjust at the time but that seems to be the case against force sometimes they just find ways to win don't they what is it that's going to take for you guys to get over the hump there on sunday that is that is you said exactly that is one of the things that they have they're they're clinical they might not uh, be dominating the game for the whole match, but they, if they get one chance, they'll put it away. So one of the big things for us is just being focused for 90 minutes from the very first minute till the very last minute. Um, and that comes on set pieces, anything, basically anything being switched on for the whole 90 minutes. That's a very big component of what's going to 
make it on Saturday, on Sunday. You guys are obviously going on the road to Hamilton, but you know, you won on the road before you won obviously in Calgary. And I think before that game, we asked Pa about that, about going and playing on the road. And I think what he said was, we don't really care where it is. We're going to play the same game. We're going to do what we do. Is that something that kind of transfers onto you guys? Is that how you guys feel as well? I mean, obviously you'd prefer to be at home on Vancouver Island, but I'm sure the the setting won't make that much of a difference to you guys, will it? No, definitely. We love to go on the road. We love to make their fans a little bit disappointed. <laughs> at home is always nice because our fans are great. They're fantastic. They're loud. Um, but but going on the road is part of the CPL, part of those big trips, part of it's what you have to do in this league. So, Lucas, take us in the mind of the team right now. So, this, this season was pretty jam-packed. You guys had a lot of games in a very short amount of time, right, to get it all through, and there's yeah. games every four or five days. And then the speed changed. You guys had 13 days off between the end of the regular season and the game in Calgary. You had another couple of weeks now here. What's that been like? Have you had days off? Have you felt like that more people are getting healthier at the right time? And have you been able to have a lot more success by working on the training field to get ready for a game like this? I, there were moments in the season that were tough physically for everyone. Uh, and I think that was, you could ask anyone in the league, it was tough and it was, it was a grind just getting to match day. So having these extra days is fantastic. Preparing for a final is even better. Then you have time to look at the opponent, prepare what you need to prepare, organize yourself and be healthy. Everybody's healthy and everybody is, uh, is looking sharp. And I think maybe some teams can get away from it, can get away from that match sharpness if, if, if they don't train at a certain intensity. But the way that we train, like I mentioned before, is, is always intense. It's always sharp. It's always physical. So we feel game ready. And, and we have, I don't think we've lost anything from not playing recently. And I think we've only benefited from it, really. Right. Just to expand on that maybe a little bit, I think somebody asked us earlier up in the chat about how you guys had these two weeks off. Meanwhile, Forge had two CONCACAF games. They obviously went to Honduras last night, I think it was. I don't know what day it is. But uh, the question, the question uh, I think, was to me and KJ, but I'll ask it to you here. Do you prefer having this time off, having this time to prepare, or, or do you think the match rhythm is, is a little bit more important, or maybe is it somewhere in between? I think in a, in, a, in a long season, a little bit of a break is nice. But when it comes down to a final, it, it really, those, you, you get this adrenaline that comes back. And so I think it comes down to the day and who, who wants it more. And all those factors that happen before or outside of the game don't really factor in that much into a final, into a big match like this. Right. So whoever shows up, we'll, we'll get it. So talking about showing up, what will that be like for you? Do you know what you're going to be like on the day of the game? Are you a are you a nervous planner? Do you sleep much the night before? I mean, it's arguably the biggest game of your career, is it not? Like right up there with it, with any big big final you've ever played before. What's that like, and how do you try? If you do, I don't know. Do you embrace that as a, as an athlete that it's in a massive occasion, or do you just try and pretend that it's just another match? I'm gonna say I I try and stay cool. Don't let it get to me. Uh, but no, I'm I'm a good sleeper. So I as soon as I put my head down, I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> That's not a problem for me. But uh, I think it really comes down to your your preparation the week. Not really 
on, on the game day or the night before, but what you've been doing the whole week. Um, and that's just really training the way that you want to play come, come Sunday. Right. Um, so I've, I've been, yeah, as a team, we've really just been training like that. Yeah. I think a little bit of extra fire, a little extra energy probably wouldn't hurt. I mean, I think back. Yeah, to I think I think, guys... I think that that comes that comes in the game. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of nerves come right before game, but as soon as the whistle blows, you're you're on the pitch. It's it's like any other game you play in your life. Um, when you get on the ball, kind of things things get blocked out. You don't hear anything anymore, and and then it just becomes another game. And then maybe yeah. late on in the game, 80th minute, 90, 85th minute, when your legs start to get heavy, you get that extra adrenaline that comes in because it's a final, because it means everything. So. I don't yeah. want to put I don't want to put you on the spot here, but if you guys actually do get a spot kick, are you taking the ball this time or what? Like because last time nah, you, took I, the ball. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going here. Last time you I took the I, ball, we all have to wait ball. and see. You have to okay. wait and see. All right, that's the way I want to see it. That's the way all I want right. To see it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Keep your nerves uh, high too. Yeah, well, I mean, it. you guys, you guys played have played a couple games this year. I'm thinking about that Whitecaps game that you basically approached like it was a final, right? especially the way that you came into the game with, you know, the pressing and the energy. So I think it's not completely unfamiliar, right? Oh, I, I would say that game was actually on a personal level to a lot of guys on the team meant more right. than, than this yeah. game because it was so personal. Um, and, and the way that the team reacted to that was fantastic. So I can only imagine how, how the game will go uh, this weekend. Last couple of questions for you, and we'll let you go, my friend. Um, your coach, Parmadu Carr, obviously uh, a massive personality for your team. Uh, yeah. But what personally does he mean to you? How has he made you better? Because obviously a defender by trade, uh, how how much has he developed you and how much have you learned from him this season? And, and what what have you learned best from him? Yeah, an unbelievable amount. He's Because he's in the same position, um, and I think we – Watching his videos, we I, I play similar to him. We like to be on the ball. We like to to kind of dictate the play. Um, he's really helped me a lot. He's he's tried to guide me in the way that he would have played and and what he knows from the game and his experience that he has in the game. Um, and really give me that confidence to to play that way, not to feel any pressure from anything else, or and, and just to to be brave on the ball to command the back line and, and have a good time while playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I've learned a lot from him and, and we have a great relationship and it's, it's been fantastic playing under him. And it's certainly gone fantastically this year. You've obviously had a really good season yourself, but I think the, the most obvious question, Lucas, for you personally and just as a player who's been at this club for three years since the beginning, what would it mean for you guys to win this trophy, to walk out of Tim Horton's field with the championship this weekend? Well, the one time we do beat them, this is the time to beat them. <laughs> so it, it would mean everything. It mean to the fans, to the organization, it's been a lot of, a lot of hard work and to, to make it all come down to one match and away from home, it's even bigger. One match, one final, one chance at glory. Special time, no doubt. Enjoy it, Lucas. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks again for spending some time with us. Travel safe across this great country, and we'll see you on the weekend. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Always appreciate it. Lucas McMillan. Yeah, always a pleasure, too. Uh, arguably, again, one of the finest defenders we have in our league, and uh, just a great guy. I said, As I said, I saw him at the hotel in Calgary 
And um, Tom Ducard joked, actually, he turned to me, he said, oh, I've got another coach on my team this week. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad you brought him. And he was just, <laughs> he was just buzzing with that anxiety of not knowing how to play. And then I saw him on the, on the pitch afterwards and he ran on the field. And as he said, and he quite likely said, you know, imagine being suspended for that match and just being yeah. not sure if you're going to play a final, Charlie. And then the team does it in that way. And you know, as a massive part of that team, you now get to play in a final and, and, and help that team. That must be so just to have that feeling of not having any kind of say in it and that hopeless feeling and then realize that, hang on, now the team's going to be relying on me it must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, I mean, it would be one thing. It's one thing to watch a knockout game, go to extra time as a fan of a team. Right. But as, as a part of that team, as a player who's played almost every game for them and then you don't get to play this one, I'm sure he was extraordinarily thankful <laughs> those players were pulling it out for him because he definitely wanted to play another game and yeah he definitely did oh yeah he's uh any questions get him in before we get Adam jenkins in uh put your questions on the side great to see so many of you here uh getting ready for the final tickets still available by the way to go to hamilton ontario very reasonable you know you're gonna get tickets under 35 dollars to go watch a major final here in canada in december and we're not gonna be able to say that very often as well and uh talking of weather our very own weatherman extraordinaire himself, Adam Jenkins. <laughs> uh, he's got his jacket on, he's outside. I feel like he's going to give us a weather report now, live from the streets of Burlington, Ontario. Uh, Adam, my man, you, you, you announced it today. You're calling the game on Sunday. First of all, congratulations. Well-deserved. I can't think of a better thank man to you, call the game. Uh, how excited are you for that honor? Oh, there's so many layers to my excitement for it. Obviously, I have a special connection to Forge this year with the CONCACAF League. I feel like I was a small piece of it. Like I got to be <laughs> sort of the domestic or regional broadcaster for a change where you get to be a little bit more, more excited. And like, this is the wrong word, the whole atmosphere, a part of the, the game. And I feel like I really got to do that. So it was fantastic. And then I have so many family members on the island that I feel like there's a piece of my heart that will always be Pacific Purple. So, I mean, from the game perspective itself, it's going to be incredible and just all in. It's it's just an amazing opportunity. And I, I put out the tweet earlier. I'm not sure if everyone saw the thread, but the last time I did a game in person was six years ago. It was my second year at Ryerson. I was 19 and Lucas McNaughton played in the game. He scored a goal against my alma mater. So he was the captain of the Varsity Blues. He scored the goal. He broke Ryerson Rams hearts. So that was a cool bit of symmetry. But all in, I'm just I'm so looking forward to being back in the stadium. It's going to be an amazing day. Yeah, that's great news, man. I'm so happy you're going to be there as well. What, what is it about these two teams that you think make them worthy finalists? Because we said off the top, we couldn't think of a better final. And you've covered this game and you've, you've done every team and so many games this year. But it feels like the right two teams, doesn't it? It does. Um, I, I think it's 67 is the total games I've done this year. 60. This will be my 60th CPL game, wow. plus some Canadian Championship and CONCACAF League. So it, it closes on 75. So I know them all really well. I think what makes it a good game, KJ, is that it's going to be an exciting game. I'm a little bit disappointed we're not going to see the snow. It's forecasted for, for rain now instead of perhaps an orange ball, blizzard kind of quirky final. But it's just the, the number of weapons up and down for these teams. It's, it's the fact that Marco Bustos may not play, and I know you guys had him on, so he'll have more insight than I am. If he's good to go, he might come off the bench, but that's okay for Pacific, which is a wild thing to say. Um, they're aesthetically pleasing to watch Forge and Pacific both. 
I'm really looking forward to the midfield battle. I think it's the two best midfields in the CPL. And then there's so many difference makers up top. I mean, Mobabuli, he may not be the most valuable player, but he might be the most outstanding player. And I think this could be like a real show up game for Taron Campbell. I know Charlie was in my Twitter space last night, just at the, just after full time of Forge's match. And we were talking about the anticipation for Pacific to know that they're sitting at home watching these CONCACAF league games going, we're 90 minutes away from that being us next year. And I think there's just so much on the line and, and either way, it's a great story. And, and you guys know, as well as anyone on the media perspective, that we always love a good story. So you're either going to get the three-peat, the dynasty, or you're going to get someone dethroning the champions. It's like the air in the air apparent. I mean, there's so many, so many layers. i got to save some of the stories, KJ, you know, for the broadcast. But that's my, that's my surface-level analysis for now. Yeah, there couldn't possibly be more storylines. I mean, you said it best. Whoever wins this game, I think we've we already know what the stories are going to be, which is cool. And I think the other thing that I like about this matchup between these teams is yeah. <laughs> both of them have they both of them have stars. They have recognizable players who are, as you said, difference makers. And I think that's another thing that's awesome about the CPL and this league is you've got these recognizable players that fans of teams will start to know and obviously from a you know a inside football perspective clubs higher up the ladder will start to get to know and i think that's all really cool about this as well yeah oh a thousand percent and i think too one of the layup storylines that i really enjoy is the fact that this could be forge's third championship in a row it'd be the first time in hamilton that they actually got to lift north star shield and they wouldn't have to fly home with the hardware and so they'd be able to go out celebrate and and be with the fans who have watched them have so much success from a distance and it's just going to feel a lot more intimate this time especially if they pull it off sounds good my man you and ian hume right has it been announced hume's with you Hume, he let the I sort of forced him into letting the cat out of the bag, but he confirmed it shortly thereafter. It's going to be Hume and I and Jordan Wilson, who was on One Soccer today on our show today, and he did a great job. He's going to be on the panel as well. And I always get frustrated when athletes step into a media role for the first time and they knock it out of the park. I just find it so unfair <laughs> that they can be so gifted in so many different things. And Jordan's definitely one of those guys. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring. And look, he knows how how you go into Horton's field and you get a result. So I think there's going to be a lot of good tidbits, especially with the rivalry that he'll be able to share. So another thing that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, he should be on there. I saw him today as well. Really delighted he's on the on the panel. He'll be on with Ollie Platt, Oliver Platt and Gareth Wheeler. Adam and he knew him on the call. And um, one guy on the sideline getting soaked. Yep. This guy. Have fun. Hey, <laughs> you, can, you can get soaked. I want to hear nothing from any of you about weather, KJ. You know what I was going through three weeks ago, mate. I do. So you're going to have a little I, bit less sympathy from me. I have the video to be seen on Adam Jenkins. <laughs> you do Twitter. have the video. I videoed it. <laughs> Two videos I've gone viral this year. One, the big fight at BMO Field that I videoed. And the other one, Adam <laughs> Jenkins shoveling snow in the, in the Edmonton yeah. Commonwealth Stadium. The joys of being a sideline reporter Go- on national television right there. It's so glamorous. It's going in the book, KJ. And you got to take you got to take some credit for the gift, the Concacaf pitch invader. Oh yeah, that's getting true. tackled by Canada Soccer. You were the director oh, of that. What video, a so hit. That's three I, you've had gone viral this I year. I did come up with that idea. You're right. That's it's amazing what you can come up with when you sit with around with people for six days in Edmonton with not, not much to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Absolutely. we always have each other, my friend. Always have each other. Forever, my teammate Adam Jenkins. Congratulations again, Sunday. We'll see you there at Tim Hortons Field. Have a good night, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you Appreciate guys all it. on Saturday. Thanks, Adam. See you then. Adam Jenkins, one soccer calling the game. Uh, does a great job. Does a lot of games on his Always. own. 
Uh, a lot of games from you know inside a studio. It's not easy, guys. Not easy at all. I pleasure to call a game with him this year. He's uh, a terrific young broadcaster and uh, paving the way for many other young broadcasters that will come our way as this continues to be a sport that gets taken over in this country by media. You know, people grow up wanting to be hockey commentators, CFL commentators. People want to be commentators in soccer now. I see the resumes. I talk to these kids. <laughs> And he's an example of it, Charlie. I mean, you're, you know, you and him, I feel like you and him are so young as it is, but do you know what I'm saying? Right. This is what yep. we're doing now. The next generation of people in this in this country want to talk soccer, want to write soccer. They want to do it. And the Canadian Premier League gives people an outlet like that all the time. Come on. As I said, jump on, jump on in, come in our press conferences, get to know our players and coaches and, and the national team as well. Right, Charlie, it's a great sport to cover for young Canadians. Absolutely. And it's, there's plenty of, opportunities to just you know start something yourself and start covering it and i i think i've I've said it all along canada we can say that it's not or people can say it's not a soccer country people have always liked the sport in this country there just haven't been opportunities for any you know for players for coaches for media for even fans there haven't been those opportunities really until quite recently so it's just exploding now and it's awesome yeah, it's going to be great, no doubt about it. As well, Sunday, uh, a reminder, I think the one-hour pregame coverage, I think, on One Soccer begins at 3.30. Uh, so you can get on One Soccer at 3.30 on Saturday, on Sunday for one-hour coverage of that. Saturday will be media day. We'll be all over that. And uh, as we've been all over the final already, campl.ca this week. Uh, once the CONCACAF game started last night, all our coverage is there right now. Please go to campl.ca. And we are going to have tons and tons of stuff. We've already got Bobby Smeniosis beyond the pitch. We have got Palmer Ducar beyond the pitch interviews with them. Charlie's writing about Taryn Campbell. I'm going to speak to him and do an interview with him. Marty Thompson spoke, obviously, to Tristan Henry. We've got features coming up, matchups. We've got, you know, the best things to look for on the pitch. Uh, we've got more shows coming up. We've got an interview with Kwame Awuwa tomorrow. We've got tactic breakdown on Pacific. Uh, Charlie, we're all over this game, man. All over it. We're it's all gonna over great. it. It's going, to be, it's going to be great. And I hope you guys can enjoy it, read it, watch it. Um, a big game in Canadian soccer in December. Next time we're going to be saying that, Qatar 2022. The next time we say a big game in Canadian soccer in December, that's right. This time next year, Canada are going to be playing in the World Cup in does Qatar. That, does Canada have to get to the knockout stages to play in December? I didn't even work it out, but I don't think so. <laughs> November 22nd. Either start. way, either way, two weeks, either usually. way. So let's just, yeah, we're going to say it anyway. Canada will <laughs> be playing in December 2022. We yeah. said it here first. Uh, there you go. Um, Jeffrey's having a go at Adam Jenkins' internet connection. Uh, to be fair, Jeffrey, I did ask Adam late, and he was, as I said, literally in a bar in Burlington, Ontario, uh, with his mate Lloyd. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, every credit that he went out in the cold, put on his one soccer coat, and uh, now he can go back and have his wine or whatever it is. So, there you go. Uh, all right, I think we'll wrap this up. Uh, like I said, Sunday, 4.30 kickoff, 3.30 will be the pregame show. We'll be all over it as well. Uh, cannot wait, Charlie. Final thoughts? I just can't wait. It's been, you know, I know that we've had Forge in these CONCACAF games in the last two weeks, but I've really been looking forward to this final. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. Uh, me too. And if you're on the fence and you're not sure whether to go, trust me, enjoy. you'll enjoy go. it. The chance go. to go and see a final. Um, if you're like me, and I'm sure many of you are and your love for sports, it doesn't matter whether it's your team or not your team. I always get a little emotional when I see players lift trophies. You know, that, that togetherness that they've been there, you don't get... You don't just get handed this silverware, guys. You know, people win things, unless it's like the Community Shield or something. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about real trophies. You know, you know, when you win a real trophy in any sport and those guys lift it and gals lift it, that's meaningful. That's powerful. And that's why they play the game. You know, league games, 
get there, but this is why they play the game to win this. So have a chance to uh, witness history in front of your own eyes. Enjoy it, everybody. And they, you know, we've come through the pandemic where we weren't even allowed in these stadiums. So you can get in there for, for oh, yeah. to watch the final. Go, go and enjoy it. I can't say it enough. And if you can't and you're across this wonderful country, as I said, uh, one soccer, you can be a place to watch it on Sunday. My thanks to Charlie O'Connor-Clark. Continue to follow all his work there on, on, on campiel.ca. And again, to Daniel Crutzen and Lucas McNaughton, great guests, and Adam Jenkins of One Soccer, who will be calling the game with Ian Hume on Sunday. Uh, this has been a wrap. Enjoy the game. This has been a preview. If you missed part of the show, go back and listen to it on our podcast stream, as usual, at campiel.ca and on our newsroom podcast. And we'll be all over it, previewing it ahead of Sunday, and we'll see you on Sunday. It's important to you.